0: This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast.
1: Hi, I'm Fern Nullum, and welcome to Into You, the podcast where we put love under the microscope, shedding light on the do's, don'ts, and nightmare scenarios we find ourselves in while flirting with romance.
2: I can't just show up like a really bad surprise, be like, ta-da!
1: in a wheelchair
0: sometimes maybe someone unmatches me or is no longer interested because they know i have one arm other times i think it's not that at all
1: we all come at dating from a slightly different angle But we are often faced with very similar situations to shape up to.
0: There was that one person who accepted me, and that person is just a needle in a haystack. And so now, just the fact that that person likes me, I should do everything I can to maintain that.
1: You've got the wit, you've got the charm, you've got the whole flipping package. What was going on here? Dating can uncover things about ourselves we never knew before. So, without further ado, let's get... Into you. Well, if you're all ready, we can begin.
0: All right, sounds good to me.
1: Yeah, happy, brilliant. Hey, I'm so glad you're back for another slice of dating psychology here on Into You. Today, we're going to be talking about a topic which, as a blind lady myself, is close to my heart. Dating with a disability. Later, I'll be chatting to Julian to find out what it's like to use the apps when you only have one arm.
0: You have a sea of endless pictures and profiles. They see maybe someone like me, I have one arm, and then they're just like, ah, whatever, I'll just keep going.
1: And why it's important to understand people's hesitation when it comes to dating someone with a disability.
0: Anytime you're going to do something new, you're going to be kind of maybe scared or hesitant. The mind can be a very tricky, dark place.
1: But first. Mental health advocate and vlogger Paige has cerebral palsy and has been a lifelong wheelchair user following oxygen complications at birth. Paige has had a roller coaster ride in terms of dating and even conducted her own social experiment to find out how much of a difference her wheelchair might make to her success on Tinder. We started off by discussing one of the great loves of Paige's life, a chirpy chap, her budgie,
2: Toby. I mean, he's sort of my love life. He's like the second love of my life. I love him to pieces. He's sitting with me for this podcast. He started, sorry. Oh, (laughs) right on cue. When he first met my partner, he he likes him more than me. He likes my partner more than me. He gets thoroughly excited. He's just his absolute favourite,
1: so... You're a good judge of character, aren't you, little man? Ah, well, it's funny that you bring up your partner because I was going to say this story has a very happy ending. But to get to that happy ending, as we all know in dating and relationships, you've had to go through some trials and tribulations, right? And those are what we're going to (laughs) cover in today's show. Do you think your disability has had an effect on your dating life? I've never really seen my disability
2: as so much of something that gets in the way. In terms of dating, though, that is the one thing in my life that suffered because of my disability everything else i kind of was able to work around you know i can always do something it's just in
1: a different way it's just your normal isn't it so you don't really recognize until it's pointed out and i suppose in a way that's almost what dating does it kind of makes you very aware in
2: every other walk of life people don't tend to come up to you and go hey you're in a wheelchair what's wrong with you but when you're dating especially online dating which is what i did that was pretty much the first thing people would say. And that can be quite hard. I can remember one good example of this. I was 16, 17 years old and I was on my first dating site and I got speaking to this guy back in the day, which makes me sound really old, but back in the day, we are talking 10 (laughs) years ago. I would never disclose I had a disability. I didn't know how to bring up. I was embarrassed. I thought it would automatically cut everyone off. And I thought, you know what? I can't just show up like a really bad surprise, be like, ta-da! Wheelchair, and I told him, and he went, "Well, you've wasted my entire three weeks. Then, like, why would I ever want to go on a date with someone in a wheelchair?" That was the first time that my disability had been a direct reason why somebody didn't want to know me. He turned from this really lovely person to this almost aggressive person, and unfortunately, that sort of narrative has followed me through dating.
1: And how did that make you feel? It made me
2: sad. It made me self-conscious about myself for the first time, but it made me angry that i was being pigeonholed or or boxed into this idea that somebody else had of me
1: i mean it's it is amazing because you come across as such a a confident bubbly personality
2: it's all a facade (laughs) my big hang up is my legs i have little hippo feet They're just like, they're all podgy and small and I just don't like my legs. They're funny colours, they bend in weird ways. Because you don't see people or bodies like that in the media, it makes me feel unsexy. I've had no example of disability and sexy, so I don't feel it in
1: myself. In what ways do you think that dating as somebody with a disability is different to dating as somebody without a disability? My inkling is to say that There isn't too much difference
2: in the sense that you're still a person looking for another person and I think all the things that are important about finding love and meeting someone don't relate to your disability. I think that was my initial reasoning behind not disclosing my disability at the start. However, I do think it requires a bit more patience because people's attitudes are different. I don't think the average person needs to take into consideration that they're going to be judged quite as harshly. The steps of dating is exactly the same for everyone. Your disability doesn't matter. It's just you have to be prepared for some really weird situations to come your way, which probably wouldn't come your way if you didn't have a disability.
1: What do you think about the expectation that you should disclose your disability pretty much straight away, otherwise you're deceiving someone? I think it's
2: personal preference. That is a very personal thing. No one has the right to tell you whether you should say you have a disability. It's you. It's your body. If they're the right person, whether you tell them day one or day 100, it won't matter. But just make sure you're comfortable doing it because at the end of the day, the only person that you need to be true to is yourself.
1: Good advice for everyone. I get a bit life guru. Sorry. No, I like it. Paige, the life guru. (laughs) This is what I've come to you for, Paige. The good stuff. Thing. The inspirational quotes. <laughs> um Yeah, that's what I'm here for. I'm a walking Pinterest. What can I say? <laughs> a rolling Pinterest. Yeah, let's roll with it then, Paige. <laughs> oh. Hey. Okay. <laughs> One thing that I really wanted to talk to you about was you made a video in which you did a Tinder social experiment, which was yeah. all around this idea of disclosure and will it make a difference if people know or if they don't know it was something that at the start of your video you described as being equally excited and very very terrified about which i can yeah. completely understand so i was just at the point of dating
2: where i was fed up for a couple of years previous i Learned that my disability does have an impact on how some people see me, and I was just interested in to what extent that had been affecting my dating journey. It was just a case of uploading two different profiles: one with pictures with my wheelchair, and one pictures without. I kept everything else the same: my likes, my bio, my interests, my background. The only thing that was different was my wheelchair. I'm I went into it expecting some difference. It was drastically different. The ones without the wheelchair, I got some really lovely people. The first things they would ask would be about things that I put in my profile, like things I said I was interested in. And then with the wheelchair, not all of them, but a vast majority of them were like, hey, can you have sex? Or, hey, how do you have sex? Or, What's it like being in a wheelchair? How brazen people were about my disability and my capabilities as a partner was quite shocking to me.
1: When you were going through with your non-wheelchair pictures, as it were, you were getting a lot of matches. You were going through and you know, it was like ding 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 ding, all of these guys were matching with you. And then when you were messaging them, you know, you came across very well, you had these quick witty responses. Oh. One guy asked you, How is you? And do you remember how you responded to that? It was something to do with letters wasn't it? It was not as good as T, but better than V. <laughs> oh, what can I say? I'm a comic <laughs> genius. How was I singular single at that point? Look at that. Paige, I was going to say to you, you've got the wit, you've got the charm, you've got the whole flipping package. Uh, what what was going on here?
2: Even the type of conversations we had, instead of it being sexual or romantic sometimes they automatically friendzone me so it's a lovely conversation they're a lovely person but because they've seen a wheelchair it's automatically hey we're friends and I'm establishing
1: very clearly this is a friendly conversation people are just asking you questions about oh so how does that work then what's that like which I don't mind I like people to ask questions just maybe not when
2: I'm trying to like woo you (laughs) just give me a little bit of wooing time that'll be nice and then
1: get on to the hardcore stuff then we can do Q&A exactly But also, I mean, on a serious note, you said that is one of my biggest fears that people will only see the wheelchair. 100%. And even when I did disclose it, I remember I'd get so nervous. I
2: was worried that that was going to be very... Off-putting in person is a big thing, not only metaphorically, but physically, it's a barrier between me and somebody else. It had a huge dent on my confidence, and there are a lot of times where I thought, I don't really know what the point is in this anymore, because no one wants to date someone in a wheelchair. I say that now and I'm so angry with myself because that is such a stupid, narrow-minded view to have, and it's stupid like I'm trying hard to swear because it it annoys me it frustrates me that anybody out there in a wheelchair might have those thoughts because it's not true just because it's in your head doesn't mean it's real
1: well I think it's a very natural and normal thing the equivalent for somebody who doesn't have a disability they could go on date after date after date after date and if they're all horrible they're still gonna pick themselves apart or maybe think oh what's the point in dating everyone's rubbish you know we get to that point where you either like you say internalize it and blame yourself or you just feel mad at the universe and you just think this is never going to work the other thing is on a more practical note you can't
2: just go on a blinking scuba diving day it has to be very planned I couldn't just go to any random restaurant in case there's stairs and that's something that's in my mind as well because I don't want my partner to think oh well she's boring because we have to plan things we can't do this and we can't do that
1: la, 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 la. oh god I can so relate to that I always dreaded as somebody who's reticent blind somebody saying oh let's do an activity day because I just think <laughs> if you suggest bowling or golf or whatever <laughs> it's not going to go well <laughs> so how did you move on from those rejections and keep your hope going strong this is going to sound
2: like guru pages come out in full force i've always been a believer there's someone out there for everyone If they don't like you that doesn't mean you're not desirable it just means you're not the right person for them and they're not the right person for you and one's checked off the list there's only another billion and 50 to go you know <laughs> some people like tea some people like coffee that's it. It doesn't reflect on you or your value as a person. Sometimes you're
1: just a cup of coffee and not someone's cup of tea. I like that. I want that on a (laughs) t-shirt. Can I join your guru club now? That is our official
2: logo t-shirt. I like that
1: a lot. (laughs) It's all coming together. Wow. (laughs) To what degree do you think we should put responsibility on individuals to just be mindful of the communication, how they word things? It's a bit of give and take really. I would never put
2: it solely on the other person. I would always be open-minded to people and their questions and their curiosities as long as they do it in a nice way. But we shouldn't sit back and be, oh, I'm disabled. So I expect you to learn everything about me because I'm far superior to you and you should accommodate all of my needs. No, don't be pompous. Don't be up yourself. That's not how it works. You have to be equal and you have to give as much as you take and work with that person to learn about each other you know they may have needs that don't relate to disability but they need to be taken into consideration just as much as the fact that you can't walk It's definitely a two-way street
1: Do you think the idea of the disabled person wanting to date and having sexual experiences is a bit taboo? Oh, God. Oh, you're going to get me on a rant
2: now. I can feel it. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. I know. Brace yourself. The amount of times I've been in relationships, people can't get their head around the fact that I might be intimate with that person, that they have to be my carer or my brother. Oh, when we are seen as sexual and when we are seen as romantic, it's to do with fantasy and, oh, I wonder what it would be like to sleep with a girl in a wheelchair or I wonder what it would be like to sleep with an amputee. I don't want to be someone's fantasy. I want to be somebody's partner.
1: And so now I'm intrigued. How did you meet your other half, Taylor? How did that all come about? I met Taylor online on a, on a dating app. I dropped
2: him the most awkward message. I just spouted a load of absolute nonsense at him in the hope that he would reply and for his sins he did he found your nonsense incredibly irresistible i mean how could he not we met up three days later and uh yeah he's stuck with me now so (laughs) poor man
1: <laughs> so how did you disclose your disability to Taylor and how did he
2: react? I mean, my profile picture was me in my wheelchair. I was just like, Do "You know what? This is me. If you like it, you don't. If you like it, you don't." <laughs> All right? If you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. There was no excuse for him not knowing. My disability has never been an issue for him. I've had people before who have said it's not an issue, but the way they act suggests otherwise. Everything seems to be an effort. And we've spoken about even getting older, my disability might change. And he's like, well, are you going to become a nasty, horrible person? I'm like, no. He's like, well, I don't care then, do I? There are some amazing people out there.
1: If we can do it, anyone can do it. Absolutely. I mean, of course, we've got the shining personalities, Paige. Don't forget that.
2: of (laughs) Of course. You can do everything a, for want a better word, regular couple can do just with some tweaks disabled people have babies they get married they have fulfilling loving relationships It's not something to be ashamed of or worried about. At the end of the day, we're all going to get fat, old and ugly. It's about the person.
1: I have to say, I think that's another one for our merch collection there, Paige. Oh, we have a range going now. (laughs) This is exciting. I want phone cases. I want mugs. (laughs) (laughs) What has dating with a disability taught you about other people and about yourself? This is the million dollar question. It is showing me the best
2: and the worst of people and it has shown me the best and the worst of myself it has shown me that people can be very judgmental quick to comment on other people's lives but it's shown me that people can also be very understanding open and honest it's also shown me that I can be very judgmental of myself and very closed-minded when it comes to people But it's also shown me that I am accepting of love, accepting of a relationship and being happy.
1: Paige has highlighted to me the crucial role of your own attitude when it comes to dating. Of course, persistence is important for anyone, disabled or not. But when you're likely to be rejected for something you can't change, determination must become even more integral. Let's face it, snap judgments are always brutal, and yet we all make them. Well, here on Into You, with me, Fern Lullum, the podcast you're listening to right now, I was eager to find out which factors people might catch themselves judging others for most when looking for love. So, as is the protocol of most scientific studies in 2021, I put out a post on social media, and here are a selection of my favourite answers. The sentence reads... When online dating, I mostly judge people on dot dot dot, finish the sentence. Greg, whether their friends are hotter than they are. Yeah, group pictures are always a risky one, aren't they, Greg? Angela, their cheesy pickup lines. Uh Uh-huh, the cheesier the better, I assume, Angela. No. Mark, whether they have bothered to fill in their profile. Mm, I guess that might be telling of their effort once in the relationship, Mark. And Jess, when online dating, I mostly judge people on if they like cake. I mean, absolutely, I get that, Jess. There's definitely something not quite right there if they don't, isn't there? Richard echoed many of my own experiences of dating with a disability, the universally recognisable dance of trying to get close to somebody compounded by the intimidating unknown. I wondered how much superficial attraction might play a part in all of this. So I tracked down Julian, a model, actor and personal trainer who was born with one arm. Having a degree in psychology, he shared with me some jarring facts concerning interactions between disabled and non-disabled people. But I thought I'd get my priorities right and began our chat by reminding Julian of something he had naively promised me previously. You did tell me that nothing is too personal for this interview. <laughs> Are you Uh-oh. regretting that decision at all now?
0: Maybe slightly. I don't know.
1: Well, I'll try and be as gentle as possible with you.
0: Okay. Tell
1: me a little bit about your disability. How does that impact on your everyday life?
0: I been born with one arm. When I was really young, it didn't play any factor, really. You know, it was one of those things where it seemed to matter more to other people around me. And then as I got older and matured, hitting, I would say, probably around high school, I became more self-aware. I remember very vividly walking down the hallway. I was on my way to biology class in ninth grade. And I remember I had this moment where I realized, like, everyone was looking. Like, there were so many eyes on me. It's been a progressive journey of going up and down, really, of feeling really confident, feeling really insecure, And then right after graduating, I really was able to acknowledge, like, this is my life, this is my existence, this is who I am, and I have to find a way through it.
1: And how did that feel when you first started realizing that, oh, you know, people are looking at me and maybe this does make me different?
0: I played sports very competitively growing up. I had like kind of like an athlete's mentality where it was like, nothing's going to stop me. Nothing's going to break me, you know, put my head down and just barrel through. Once I realized like dating, I want to take dating more seriously. I want to be in a relationship. I think that's when things really all started to kind of become a little bit bigger in my mind. My background, I have a degree in psychology. And when I was 18 years old, freshman year, they talked about like the one study of how like people avoid people with disabilities. Or if you're sitting like, you know, in a place that has lots of chairs, if someone's walking in to look for a seat, if they see someone has a disability, they will tend to veer away from that person. And then I got really into evolutionary psychology. And the whole thing was, is like animals in the wild typically aren't, looking to partner up with other animals that are like injured or different, right? Everything is like so appearance driven. It was just things I really start to think about more and more and more.
1: That's pretty damning stuff. Quite scary. Yes. Do you think that your dating life has been impacted by your disability?
0: Indisputably so. I think there's just no way around that. When I was in seventh grade, I was very close friends with the popular girl we used to talk like every night you know literally until our cordless phones would die that's how long ago this was no. and so one time she called me and we were talking and it was like one o'clock in the morning and she starts to like hysterically cry And I'm like, what? You know, like, what's wrong? Why are you crying? And she's like, well, all the girls were talking and we were talking about all the boys and we were saying how hot you were and you would be so perfect if only you didn't have one arm.
1: I mean, I would have been heartbroken, I think, by that comment. What are some of the biggest problems that you find dating with a disability? I think
0: just... Getting my foot in the door in a lot of ways, especially because right now I do heavily use like the dating apps. You look at a profile and it's just so fast. And the thing is, is you have a sea of endless pictures and profiles. They see maybe someone like me. I have one arm and then they're just like, ah, oh, whatever, I'll just keep going. And I think, you know, initially those things matter so much more. The more and more you get intimate with them. All that stuff is just kind of background noise. And it doesn't matter if they're five foot two or nine feet tall. It doesn't matter how much they weigh or if they eat crackers or not. Ultimately, you just get to really know the person for who they are.
1: Well, I mean, you've hit on my biggest deal breaker there, Julian. Crackers. It's all about the crackers, you know. Yes. <laughs> you got to consider that stuff. You talked about online dating there. Is there a reason that you've moved to the apps now?
0: Most of the time I'm on the app. I'm like laying in bed, falling asleep, and I'm just like left, right. Yeah, it's like, oh, that looks kind of cool. It's like, oh, this person forgot a period. No, I can't date someone like that. They need to be able to know where to put a comma. And so, you know, I fall prey to that as well. If I didn't have apps, I feel like I would be really stressed out because I want to date, I want to be in a relationship. And so then it's like, I would go to the grocery store and rather than grocery shopping, I would just be looking around like, all right, is the love of my life in aisle four?
1: Personally, for me, as somebody who's blind, I found the apps easier in the sense that it cut out the visual flirtation because Obviously, we know that the first sort of test of the waters is, you know, are they giving me the eye? Do our eyes yeah. meet across a crowded room? All of that, when you can't see, is off the table straight away, right? So I sort of opted for the app.
0: I think i go back and forth because I, I was just talking to someone we matched, and I guess like the way my pictures are cropped, it's like not always easy to see that I have one arm. I'm not just doing the YMCA all the time. <laughs> and then we shared Instagram and she came back and was like, oh, like, I didn't know you had one arm. And this is like kind of weird for me. And she's like, if we met in person, it, it probably wouldn't be weird. But since we're on the apps, I don't know how comfortable I feel because it is one of those things where it's like, maybe if I met someone who was also single and interested in me and we met in person, like you're immediately talking to them and they're feeling your energy hearing your voice but in pictures again it could be built up it's like oh wow he has one arm and they could really focus on it I actually got this really interesting advice from actually a guy who he's like a producer within like Hollywood and I told him I was like you know I really want to act but I feel insecure about having one arm and he was like well you don't have to apologize for having one arm he's like just walk into the audition and just do it people don't apologize for being tall or for being thin or for being heavier like I don't have to go into these situations being like oh hey here I am but just so you know like Here's this other part of me. It's like, no, it's the complete picture. This is who I am, head to toe, either take it or leave it, I guess.
1: And it's interesting about the girl that sort of accused you of deceiving her by not sharing yes. that you, you had one arm. Do you think that when people realize that, as, as she did, do you think that does sort of change who you are as a person to them?
0: Yes, I think it does. She was probably excited. Like, oh, wow, this guy's cute. And oh, wow, he has the same interest, this, that. And then for that person, it just deflated. And then like they unmatched me, right? And it's like, we're no longer talking anymore. Sometimes it's that. Other times I think it's not that at all. That's the way dating works. And so every person who doesn't want to hang out with me or match with me, I don't look at it through the lens of like, well, it's because I have one arm. I try not to do that because... I don't think I'd make it out alive if that's the way I I viewed everything. I mean, my ex, our first time we hung out, she didn't even know I had one arm because it was like the winter. I was wearing like a sweat jacket, I guess. And we were just hanging out and she couldn't tell. You know, spoiler alert, we even like made out and stuff and hugged and she still had no no (laughs) idea. And it wasn't until our next date, we lived like an hour away from each other. And so she came to like visit, you know, where I was. And so she actually moved to the passenger side. She's like, here, you drive, I don't know this area. And so now I reach over to put the car and drive. And she's like, what are you doing? What's wrong with your arm? And I was like, I only have one arm. And she's like, no, you don't. And she like looked down and like moved my sweatshirt out of the way. And she's like, oh, you do? And I was like, yeah. And then we never talked about it again. We ended up dating for like a year and then it was never brought up again.
1: Can you empathize with people who maybe are unsure about dating somebody with a disability?
0: Yeah, I I really can. If you don't have experience with it, how are you supposed to know? Anytime you're going to do something new or completely different, you're going to be kind of maybe scared or hesitant. The mind can be a very tricky, dark place. Someone can look at me and be like, Wow, well, I'd love to date with this person, but he has one arm and like, how are we going to hold hands? How are we going to do this? How are we going to do that? I can't blame them for thinking that. I don't want to have this me versus the world mentality where I got to prove everyone wrong. One time when I was like modeling with Tommy Hilfiger, actually, and I was with two other people who had their children with disabilities and they were like really upset about social media comments. People are so mean and this and that. And I remember trying to tell them, it was like, you can't get mad at every single comment on social media or you can't get mad. There's not a ramp at every single place you want to go. I want to work to a world where that is the case. And we're working towards that. But you just can't get so angry. You don't even want to pass it on to your kid. You don't want your kid to have this like big, massive chip on their shoulder because it's a burden and it's exhausting. You know, you want to be more accepting from both sides. Just how people need to accept us for being who we are. You need to accept them for who they are. You just have to kind of see where people are at and know what people's intentions are.
1: I mean, I always think that you're going to get further in terms of a a more inclusive world if you approach it, like you say, in a nice way rather than being angry and aggressive at people because then they're less likely to listen to you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. If you come at it aggressively they get defensive, they then put their guard up and then it just makes things more messy. I think when I was first dating, there was maybe the feeling of this can never happen. There was that one person who accepted me and like that person is just a needle in a haystack. It's a miracle that I even found that person. And so now just the fact that that person likes me, I should do everything I can to maintain that. And luckily I grew out of that and I realized from experience, from dating other people, no, you know what, there's definitely gonna be people who are going to reject me because I have one arm and there's gonna be other people who aren't going to reject me. And I need to focus on the people who aren't going to reject me and really kind of let go of the other people.
1: And how do you feel about dating somebody with a disability yourself? Is that something that would make you feel unsure or would that not play a part really?
0: I am. A, I'm a very neurotic person. I am in my head with my thoughts like nonstop, you know, 24 seven. So I think If I'm looking at someone and saying, oh, they have one arm or something, or they're in a wheelchair, I would be just as neurotic and thinking just as much about that if I was thinking of someone, I'm like, oh, this person is a lawyer. What's it like dating a lawyer? I don't know. They work a lot. Well, what would it be like to date someone who works a lot? Are they stressed out? I am just so lost in my own thoughts, especially with dating. It's a problem, honestly. <laughs> i definitely too quick just to be like, no, 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 no. And I want to be yes, 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 yes.
1: There's so many things to judge on. And especially when you are on superficial dating apps and whatnot. It, the temptation is there, isn't it, for everyone?
0: Exactly. But if I hit it off with them, if we fall in love, it doesn't matter if they have one arm if they're blind or in no a wheelchair. It doesn't matter what race they are or if they like this show versus that show or, you know, if they eat the crackers. Like, it doesn't <laughs> matter. It's like
1: Whoa, if, even the crackers. Wow. Even the
0: crackers. And that's really important.
1: You do modeling work. That's one of the big things with disability is there isn't representation in the media of disabled people. Do you think that's something that is happening more now? Are you finding that?
0: Yeah. And, and I'm really grateful that I can help play that role. I think it's really awesome to have that representation in the past, right? If you have people who are disabled, maybe they're not doing like sexy shoots or whatever, right? (laughs) It's very much just like standing there or not, you know, doing much. I haven't done anything too aggressive in terms of modeling, but it's like, no, you can have one-armer, you could be blind, you could be in a wheelchair, and yeah, you could be a sex symbol, you could be hot, you could be someone that people want to be.
1: I'm sure there's lots of disappointed people listening now to find out that you haven't done anything particularly aggressive in terms of modern. <laughs> <yet>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's
0: still
1: hopefully. to come.
0: Yes, yes. Let's hopefully. hope so.
1: <laughs> Would you say there are any particular benefits to dating somebody with a disability per se?
0: I think so, actually. Having one arm, I'm so much more connected to the joys and sorrows of life, right? Like life is never just always amazing and it's not always just negative. And I think my background, my experience, I'm really able to kind of see those ups and downs. And I think that I can bring that into a relationship. Having one arm has definitely helped me become a better person.
1: Well, there you go. If you're not sold at this point, I don't know how you will be. (laughs) Aside from your shining personality and getting you to do more uh, sexy model shoots, (laughs) Julian, how do you think we can encourage people to be more open-minded about dating and disability?
0: I think it comes down to exposure. We're a society that's run a lot by what we see like on TV and movies. And I think getting to a place where a person can have a disability in a movie no matter what the disability is they're just a character in a movie they're not the blind person they're not the person with one arm right there's not some crazy backstory about this accident that happened and this that it's not a big emotional moment where they're crying in the corner and so i think when we can just not make things such a big deal that really 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 can help having more conversations not being afraid to make mistakes, not being afraid to say the wrong word or just say the wrong thing in general. And then also just patience, just knowing can't have it perfectly right now. Nothing's perfect. I think the better people we become, then all of this other stuff just falls together.
1: In some ways, it comes down to every individual and your attitude. And what do you want to put out into the world in order to encourage people to see it from your side?
0: Absolutely. The role that I'm going to play in this conversation, I'm going to show you that there's no difference between me And you or other people. And I'm not going to make a big deal about that. I'm not going to emphasize it. I'm not going to slam my foot down and be like, here I am. We're just going to exist together. And like, then you're going to, you know, then you're going to forget about it or not think twice about it.
1: No foot slamming. No, exactly. That's not the way to do it. No, for sure.
0: When you're in a relationship, there's a lot of things about your partner that you learn to love right? That you learn to accept no matter what it is, whether again, it's the cracker analogy that we keep using, like no matter what it is, I think just ultimately be open-minded and just don't get in your own way. Don't let your thoughts get in your own way.
1: We've all been in situations where we thought, oh God, I really don't want to do this thing. It's going to be terrible. And then you do it and you're like, oh, this isn't so bad at all. It's not, I don't know what I was worrying about. And I think this is another example of that.
0: I mean, just talking with you, I had such anxiety. It's like, I talk all day, every day, you know, in my mind, I'm like, oh my God, I don't know how to talk. She's going to ask me questions like I don't know how to like listen to people ask questions. I can't do that. I'm going to mess everything up. My computer is going to fall. And like your mind just for whatever reason likes to make things so much more intense than they really ever are. Ninety five percent of the things that I have been stressed about that I've cried about, they never happened and never was.
1: You could have done that with this and then we wouldn't have had this amazing chat. And you've been so eloquent and so wonderful.
0: Oh, well, thank you, thank you, you're too kind, too kind. Be open-minded, you know, and just take risks and go for it, and you'll be surprised.
1: Talking to Julian had emphasised a dilemma I knew all too well, the internal battle between understanding people's hesitation when being intimately confronted with something new and what this might mean for you as somebody dating with a disability. As always, I want to hear from you. How would you feel about having a disabled partner? And what can we do to normalize disability in dating? Leave me a comment and let me know. For now, though, you've been listening to Into You with me, Fern Lullum. Special thanks to my guests, Paige and Julian, both of whose links will be in the show notes. Also to Joshua Holland and Sam Robinson for technical support. And to the manager of AMI, Andy Frank. Leave me your feedback at feedback at ami.ca. If you liked what you heard, make sure to search for Into You on your favorite or indeed any podcast distributing platform and subscribe for more episodes coming your way on the first Thursday of every month. Don't worry, I'll be back before you know it.
0: This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca.